talking heads today on NFL Live. We've got one-on-ones with Ryan Poles, Raheem Morris, and Andy Reid. Plus, wait until you hear what Giants GM Joe Shane said about their future at quarterback and so much more to hear. Hi, everybody, and welcome to NFL Live. I'm Hannah Storm, along with Tim Hasselbeck and Herm Edwards. Over 40 coaches and GMs speaking at the Combine today. We're going to begin with the team that controls the draft, the Chicago Bears. Here they are again, fellas. Wow, a decision to make about that top overall pick for the second year in a row. Last year, of course, Ryan Poles traded out of that number one pick, sending it to the Panthers for DJ Moore. And this year's first round pick, which has them back at number one, where Caleb Williams is the presumptive choice. So what to do with the incumbent? 24-year-old Justin Fields with Kimberly Martin is covering the combine for us. All sorts of discussions taking place there. I am sure. What did Poles have to say, Kimberly, today about the plans at QB. Yeah, Hannah, listen, note to everyone in the NFL, if you're trying to reach Ryan Poles, good luck. The Bears GM told me that his phone is on do not disturb because it is blowing up everybody trying to reach him. And for good reason. Hannah, as you just mentioned, the Bears are in a similar situation they were in last year. They have a number one overall pick, and this year they have a huge franchise decision to make at quarterback. Earlier today, I talked to Poles about Justin Fields and how he felt about him. So here's what he said. I'm a huge Justin Fields fan, um, and that's what makes this whole situation very unique and, and difficult. Um, you know, I, I really try to have that personal relationship with our guys and connect. Um, but at the, other, at the same time, and we've had this conversation, you know, there is a business side of things. And I have to worry about today, but I also have to set us up for tomorrow, you know, in the path as we go down that road. So um, it's a unique situation. Um, what is important to me is we continue to be transparent and, and communicate with, with Justin and his team as we move forward. Um, and, and at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for the organization. Though. How would you characterize the communication between Justin? Because a lot of, he's talked about how he's had to sort of step away from social media a little bit. How much have you communicated with him through this process that's really just starting? Yeah, I gave him an idea. Once we finished uh, the season, you know, I, I talked about this process. It was going to be difficult, um, but doing right by him is going to be important for us. Um, and that part of that is communication. So um, there's been clarity there, um, as much clarity as you possibly can. I've talked about this a lot today. That there's No one wants to live in gray. You know, and, and not know what the future holds um, that's uncomfortable. Um, so I would like to, you know, continue to com communicate. And as things happen, you know, we'll make sure that we do right by, by him. Do you need to make a decision on Justin before the draft? Or do you feel like you have time and you can wait and, and be patient on that end? Yeah, that's where I think the kind of the instincts of a general manager kick in. Um, and you got to lean on that in terms of the timing. There's a lot of different things going on at once and different timelines too. Um, so we're open-minded as we walk into the combine. Um, if it hits me that there's something, you know, worth capitalizing on or jumping on, that's what we'll do. Um, if something doesn't feel right and we need to gather more information, then, then we'll wait. Um, but again, I'm always going to have in my mind to make sure we do right by Justin. 
Now, Hannah, for what it's worth, there's another member of the Bears who's also a huge Justin Fields fan. It's his number one wide receiver, DJ Moore, who said the top prospects in this draft still don't compare to Justin Fields. Now, Hannah, it remains to be seen if the Bears feel that way. But Poles told me he doesn't want to rush the, de the decision. But he also said if we do decide to draft a quarterback with that number one overall pick, mm -hmm. the right thing to do by Justin is to get rid of him before free agency begins. Ah, okay. So this could be something soon. In the meantime, of course, he has that do not disturb mm -hmm. on his phone. I don't know if I'm quite buying that. <laughs> Kimberly, great interview, though, my friend. Maybe just me. <laughs> we always appreciate you, Kimberly. You're the best. All right, back with uh, Herm and Tim. So, Herm, you heard the word timeline a couple of times. Obviously, this is an organizational timeline. If they keep fields or they take Williams, what do you think is the best way for the Bears to go? Well, for me personally, I would keep Justin Fields. I, I think he does have a future in Chicago. Um, is he Jalen Hurst? I mean, that's how I look at Justin Fields. Are you willing to, uh, to build some pieces around him? Are you willing to uh, make sure you run an offense that will allow him to use his skill set? Uh, you know, this offense wasn't bad running the ball. They were actually second in the National Football League. A lot of that had to do with his ability to run. Uh, which is uh, which is vital, I think, in today's world when you look at all these quarterbacks. Um, uh, the problem is uh, offensive line. He he was sacked 50 times, so th that's a lot of sacks for an athletic quarterback. Now, was that system system driven? Is he holding on to the ball too long? Uh, is the offensive line playing that bad? I think it's a combination of all of them. Uh, but I'm a Justin Fields fan. Uh, I, I would keep him and try to build around him. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I agree with Herm's assessment of Justin Fields as a player. He's, look, when he was coming out, I actually thought he compared to Cam Newton. Cam Newton's been a league MVP. Like, that's how talented I think Justin Fields could be. And I think that some of the reason that Coach is saying, look, let's, uh, let's keep, like, I would keep him is because you've actually seen him do good things at this level, like, uh, you know, against the best in the game. I think this really just comes down to it, and I feel like you can hear it in Ryan Poles' voice when he talks about it. He still believes Fields is good. It's just time because of where the Bears are in relation to the rest of the NFC to say, hey, look, look we're better off having a, a quarterback under a rookie contract, resetting that, getting some other good picks to put around him to be able to compete in two years, three years, four years, five years, rather than having to redo Justin Fields contract mm -hmm. in just a year or two right that's the thing because they have until May 2nd to pick up his fifth year option they haven't done that but if they kept him they'd be looking at an extension there versus uh, a rookie contract so a lot to consider all right gentlemen let's go on to Russell Wilson he tried to clear a few things up in recent days telling Brandon Marshall on his podcast that his house in Colorado is indeed not for sale that he wants to touch that Lombardi trophy again preferably twice in the next five years and that he is committed to Denver and would like to see that out Here's GM George Patton and head coach Sean Payton today. Yeah, I mean, it's the most important position in sports. So it's, it's important, um, you know, whether it's from within, you know, that's why this is taking a long time. It's not just going to happen overnight. Our decision is very important. But uh, if you're going to draft one, I mean, that's, that's obviously very difficult. And, uh, and so we're going to put a lot of time into it, like we do every position. But the quarterback position is, is just that much, you know, there's more mistakes, it seems like, at quarterback, especially, you know, in the first round. I, I, I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a, a Bronco fan with 
a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it you know and and he's drinking the quarterback kool-aid and I, you know our, our job is to make sure that this next one you know doesn't have a line through it know if that's like so much hilarious as really tragic um, that meme but uh, Tim it certainly seems as if they will move on from Wilson and before March 17th they also have the 12th pick in the draft we know there's free agents potentially available give me a quarterback that you think would mesh better with Sean Payton yeah. and at least give this team a chance to improve well, I, th I think Sean Payton would like to, you know, start with like a brand new quarterback, meaning a young one that can be molded. And so, you know, I think when you look at that, I think you look at Denver saying like, well, how about if we draft a quarterback this season? And that doesn't mean that he has to play based depending on where you draft. So maybe it's J.J. McCarthy who we're looking at, or maybe it's Bo Nix who would be available later, or maybe it's, you know, a guy that wasn't even drafted in, you know, in the first round and slipped to the second round, which could happen potentially with one of those guys, maybe even Penix because of his injury history. So I think there are a lot of options in that regard, but I also think that doesn't mean they have to play right away. Let Sean Payton kind of mold that player and then be in the veteran market of guys that we're not talking about right now. So because look, Mac Jones is going to end up somewhere most likely or Jimmy Garoppolo eventually becomes healthy or like there will be other movement with guys that have been starters before and that's okay I think for Sean Payton as he tries to rebuild it, uh, you know, kind of like rebuild this thing after the debilitating kind of contract that Denver's had with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I think Tim um, brings up some great points. I think Russell Wilson will exit uh, uh, from the Denver Broncos. And, and I think for Russell Wilson, uh, when you look at his career, he's, he's been a competitor. He's always been a competitor. He came in the league as a competitor trying to win his spot. Uh, I think he has to have the same attitude uh, when he goes to wherever he goes. And I think he's going to have to win the locker room over. N not by his talk, but by his actions. Because of what has happened to him. All of a sudden, this will be his third football team. You know, he left Seattle. He was there, highly coveted. And all of a sudden, that kind of played its way out. He goes to Denver. Uh, that's kind of played its way out. So now this is his third team. He's a veteran quarterback. You know, a lot of things are following him from Denver. He needs a new start as well, but he's going to have to win the veterans in the locker room wherever he goes. It's a great point. You know, where he fits in as a leader, I think, is something that, you know, has to be considered because everything else about Russell Wilson will end up being attractive for a new team. You're talking about a guy that has been a Super Bowl champion, a guy that's achieved a lot of success in this league, and you would get him for veteran minimum – you know, which is just over, you know, $1 million, which is an incredible bargain for somebody that's certainly capable of throwing nearly 30 touchdowns and fewer than 10 interceptions in a season. That's remarkable. That, that would be attractive to anybody if they would kind of fit in and be the leader you want, as, as Coach is talking about. I think the real question ends up being Russell Wilson on board with that. Mm -hmm. Is he on board with going somewhere where they don't <laughs> anoint him the starter and he also doesn't have the financial protection of if he struggles for a few weeks that they don't just pull the plug, cut him, or bench him for somebody else. Because look, I, most guys that are at his stage of the career, having achieved and, quite frankly, made the money that he's made, they typically don't sign up for that.
Yeah, I mean, 124 million guaranteed at signing that contract, but it was his MO at the start of his career, going in, competing, and winning jobs, not only when he transferred in college, but also when he came to Seattle. All right, much more to come on NFL Live. The Cowboys have not made it to an NFC championship game in over two decades. You know that. Hear why Hermit thinks that the onus is on the coaching staff to change that narrative. Plus, a host of coaches are at the podium today for the NFL Combine. Stay tuned as we hear from Andy Reid on Chris Jones' future. That's up next on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's the next UFC event exclusively on ESPN Plus, and it comes from the Apex in Las Vegas on Saturday afternoon. The prelims beginning at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, followed by the main card highlighted by the heavyweight main event. One week to go until the deadline for teams to place the franchise tag on players. Let's get into some of the news surrounding those situations. In terms of the Ravens, reporter Jamison Hensley posted this. Ravens GM Eric DaCosta was asked if defensive tackle Justin Matabike will get tagged if there's no long-term deal by next Tuesday. I probably will, yes, DaCosta said. That franchise tag for Matabike, $22.102 million. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have a big decision on the defensive side of the ball. How to keep both Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed remains to be seen who, if anyone, will be tagged. Here's Kimberly Martin with Andy Reid today. A lot of talk this season was about the drops and the wide receivers in the receiving room. Is that the position that you look at and say, we can upgrade there. Do you feel good based on what you saw and the improvements some of these young guys were making? Yeah, but you got to look at everything. So you'd say, yeah, okay, not bad having another wide receiver, but you go along different positions and say that. Um, and that's where Brett's so good because he kind of maneuvers around all of that stuff and keeps a clear head with it, doesn't get too emotional with it, and figures it out. So... Um, and we're in the process. We've just, this is actually the first time we've kind of got going here on the personnel as coaches, and he wants us in. I mean, he wants us helping out. So, um, th and then this is our first time meeting these kids. The scouts have all seen the guys at the different campuses. So we're just getting in here to have a chance to talk to these guys. I'm glad you brought up your GM, Brett Veach. 
Chris Jones is a guy who has made it clear he wants to be back in KC. Um, obviously, you would love to have Chris, but just talk to me a little bit about how integral he's been in the success that you've had and, and how confident you are that something will get done there. Yeah, so we'll give it our best shot, right? We'll give it our best shot because um, we love Chris Jones. And he knows it. He loves, you know, he'd love to stay there too. So, um, and, and I think we'll be very competitive with that, yeah. Herm Edwards will give it our best shot. Mm, how critical is it for the Chiefs <laughs> to get that long-term deal with Jones? Well, it's critical, and, you know, Chris is not going to be undervalued. I think he's looking at um, other guys that play his position. He feels like at this point um, he's got a couple Super Bowls now. Um, he's probably considered himself one of the best defensive linemen in the game, and so he wants to get paid. Uh, if they franchise him, uh, they, oh, excuse me, if they tag him, uh, that's, <laughs> that's not going to be good at all. So it'll be very interesting to see how they get this deal done. They need to get it done, too. He's a terrific football player. Yeah, we saw what a difference maker he was in the Super Bowl and what they looked like without him in the first game of the year. On to Cincinnati. They have placed the tag on T. Higgins. Here is Zach Taylor and GM Duke Tobin. Uh, they said about what's next. It's really simple. Um, it's... Uh, you know, he's a good player. We want to keep him, and uh, we have resources to do that, so we decided uh, early to do it, and, uh, and that's where we are. We like T. We're a better team with T, so, uh, uh, you know, with, with uh, the way that we've managed our cap, we had the ability to, uh, to uh, put the franchise tag on him, and, and we did. We think the world of T, and he's in this position because of the work that he's put in for us and the value he has for us, and, and we want to make sure we don't lose him. And so um, that's just the business part we're in right now, and, and we'll continue to work through that. But um, fortunately, I think that we've got a great relationship with T, and, and that'll carry us through the offseason. All right, so Tim Hasselbeck, ideally, what would you like to see them do with Higgins, knowing they also have to sign Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think because of that, um, I, I think what the Cincinnati Bengals should do is they should tag him and trade him. Because while they definitely feel like their window is now with Joe Burrow and then you pair Higgins with Chase and like you can do all of that, I think you need to be careful with a young Joe Burrow. You see what can happen in your season with one injury to really pour too much into one year that it maybe handcuffs you further down the road to keep some of your good players that you already have in-house. So with that, as tempting as it would be, especially if T. Higgins – is open to playing on the franchise tag. I think the wiser move would be to tag him, which they're going to do, trade him, um, and then be able to have you know some younger talent around Joe Burrow and continue to grow. Right, as opposed to a short window there. All right, in Tampa, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr., all scheduled to be free agents. Listen to this from General Manager Jason Light to our Bucks reporter, Jenna Lane. He's an unprecedented player that we want him to be a buck for life. Um, we're working towards that, and you know, it obviously takes two sides. I know, I know he wants to be a buck, but I mean, to get the deal done, I mean, we'll probably have to strain a little bit, but uh, we're working towards that right now. And, uh, you know, a, a good deal is always, you know, it takes some time. Wow, who knows who is going to get tagged there, Tim, uh, but we know what Evans is. How should the Bucks play this out? Look, I think that they're in a delicate situation because he is kind of an unprecedented player. And, you know, as he gets older, he still continues to produce. 
at an extremely high level. I mean, he's a double-digit touchdown guy. It's kind of what you can pencil him in for. So they need to make every effort possible because uh, I think if you were to look around the, the league, if he were to become free, the are available, like the demand for him would be real. We've, we've already linked him to places like Houston or Kansas City. Uh, so I do think that if you're the Bucks, look, it has to be a deal you're okay with, but you might feel like you're overpaying a little bit to keep him. I think that's probably the, the most likely scenario. Yeah, thousand-yard seasons are the norm for him. All right, let's go to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is coming off the Achilles injury. He posted a video yesterday. Looked pretty good. Uh, due to become a free agent, here's Kevin O'Connell on Cousins today. Free agency is itself is this is not Kirk's first time in free agency. Uh, Kirk Cousins knows how I feel about him. Uh, I've held no secrets there. Uh, he knows how the Minnesota Vikings feel about him. I believe Kirk wants to be a Viking. Um, and we're going to work uh, to try to make that uh, the outcome. I think anytime you go into situations like this, it is a negotiation. Uh, you're trying to come to an agreement that really works for both sides. Herm, how do you see this? Should the Vikings give Cousins a new deal and keep him? Yeah, I mean, this is Kirk Cousins' team. I think the players want him back. I think he wants to come back. This is a system that fits his skill set. He's 36 years old, so he's not too old. Aaron Rodgers has the same injury, and Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. Look, this team, with, with him in, in the starting lineup, they have a, cha a chance to challenge, obviously. Detroit, they're looking up at now in Green Bay, has found their quarterback of the future. So I think if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you have a team that's ready to win right now and have a quarterback that the players love and respond to, as well as the fan base. Here's another reason why they love him, Herm. Uh, so check out this Instagram post from Cousins today. <laughs> he says, if you haven't yet found a grills guy, check out Dr. Lebster. He doesn't take Cole's cash, but he does great work. Justin Jefferson approves, which is so funny because JJ replied, we got to get you some diamond ones. But look at that. Look at that solid gold grill. I love it. Kirko Chains lives on. He's undefeated. No wonder they want to keep Kirk Cousins. Up next on NFL Live, Giants, another team with big decisions to make. Could we see them trade up for one of these young QBs? Matt Miller tells us why their attention should be focused elsewhere. That's next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This is new on NFL Live from our Jeremy Fowler. The Chiefs have informed LeJarius Sneed that they are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummate a trade off of it if no long-term deal is reached per source. Sneed is agreeable to this scenario, giving him a chance to speak with other teams while Kansas City remains in play. That tag number is 19.8 million. And of course, this also affects Chris Jones as I bring the fellows back in. Uh, we were just talking about what they should do with Jones. Now they either have to sign Jones or lose him. Uh, Tim, what's your reaction to this news? Well, look, we know they were going to have to make a tough decision on one of these guys. And so like, this is usually kind of what happens. You have two really good players that are candidates for the tag. You're going to tag one and then hope that you can work something out. You know, look, maybe because the relationship has been longer with Chris Jones, uh, and his representation that, that you feel like this is the better path. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, Snead's posture appears to be one that would be okay to play on the tag while he also you know, sees what else is out there. And so I think there are a lot of factors, some of them just kind of personality and, you know, uh, I guess confidence in maybe getting something done with the player that was not tagged or the posture of the player who was. And, Feels like that might be part of the scenario here for the Chiefs. I think uh, Tim brings up some great points. I, I think it's a lesser tag for the DB than it is for the defensive lineman, obviously. And um, I, I think if you're Sneed, you look at it from this standpoint, and I've said this numerous times, um, that if I was a player in today's world and I didn't get the contract that I, that I wanted, I'd play on one-year deal. I'd be fine with that. I would bet on myself and, and try to hit the open market again the next year because you, you, you're betting on yourself. Now, players are always worried about injury. Agents are worried about injury. But if you want to get top dollar, you don't really want a long-term contract because the, the, the contracts go up every year. And you hear players after they sign these long-term contracts after about their second year, they're mad because this guy's getting more money than I got. Well, yeah, you signed yours two years ago. <laughs> so I think Sneed's in a good spot. And I think Jones is in a good spot. Yeah, but there's something to be said for security. Also, something to be said for a three-peat, maybe, and staying with the team and having a chance at that. All right, the New York Giants at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, they have the number six pick after Daniel Jones suffered his latest injury, a torn ACL. The 26-year-old apparently has been throwing from a stationary position for about two weeks after he had surgery in late November. Giants GM Joe Shane, he was part of the Bills front office when they traded up to take Josh Allen, and he was asked today if he would do something similar this year. I think at that position, and I said it last year, it's a different stratosphere. Like, you got to get around these kids and you got to get to know them. And until you're able to do that, it's hard to make those type of moves. So, uh, we were still going through our process at the time in, in Buffalo to, to, to get around those prospects. And then once we were comfortable, you, I think it's, you know, that's when you make that type of move. So, again, this is the start. You know, there's a lot of these prospects. It's the first time we're going to get around them and we're looking forward to it. But, um, you know, free agency will. We'll set the table for you know some of the decisions we make in the draft. So again, it's an exciting time for us. I have faith in Daniels, our starting quarterback. There you go. I have faith in Daniels, our starting quarterback. All right. Uh, so before he went down, the Giants were just oh one and five. This is before he was injured, and he threw two touchdowns with six interceptions. The Giants have an out in his contract after this season. Tim, starting with you, what do you think they should do? 
I think it's time to move on. Look, like whatever you think of Daniel Jones as a player, um, he can't stay healthy. Like that's the big concern with Daniel Jones. And so I think because of that, I think you need to be eyes wide open, um, you know, in this quarterback situation. And so, look, I think as we look at this top three, you know, group of quarterbacks, if for some reason he's available at three, then I think that you need to find a way to get there to see if you can get him. And not to say that you know, New England would not want, want, want Drake May, you know, at three, if, if that's where the Giants wanted to go. So, look, I, I think that they are in a situation where it, it's just it's not going to work from a health perspective. And Brian Dayball needs to be in a situation to help preserve his job. Well, I think we should bring in our draft analyst here. Uh, you saw him moments ago. I mean, Matt Miller is standing by. He just landed in Indianapolis. So, Matt, uh, please weigh in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones supporter, and I'm not going to defend what he's done as the New York Giants started quarterback. But I look at this from a team-building standpoint. This roster is not a quarterback away. Running back Saquon Barkley is a free agent. They don't have a true number one wide receiver. They have a couple good players in Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson, but they don't have a number one, that X wide receiver. This is a historically deep wide receiver class. So at number six overall, I think you take that wide receiver because Daniel Jones is going to be on your roster next year. That's just the way the salary cap works. You have two second round picks this year because of the Leonard Williams trade. I feel really good about a draft if I can get Roma Dunze at six and then maybe Bo Nix, the quarterback from Oregon, who's ready to come in and play right away after being a starter for 51 games in college. I feel a lot better about that draft as opposed to, hey, let's mortgage the future and drain ourselves of all these second-round picks in order to get a quarterback like Drake May, who's maybe not ready to play right away. Uh, well, well, I'll say this. Um, I never understood this, this whole situation with the Giants. Uh, your best player is your runner, Barkley. I mean, that, that's who you pay. You pay him. And I understand, you know, running backs are devalued and all that. This guy is the best player on your football team. And he is the heart and soul of this football team. And you didn't pay him, you paid a quarterback. And now you're sitting in a situation where you're basically saying, you know what? Uh, might let this end with the quarterback and have to go get another one. And here are the runners sitting here going, really, man? Really? I mean, that's not good for the locker room, by the way. The players see this, they're scratching their head. You could have paid the runner, we paid the quarterback, and now we're talking about getting rid of the quarterback. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, he, here's the reality of the situation. Daniel Jones has 35 and a half million guaranteed on that deal for next year, but no guaranteed money in 25 or 26. And I want to get back to Saquon for just a moment because our Giants reporter Jordan Renan has said one notable, notable uh, clarification from Joe Shane. He says the franchise tag is not completely off the table for Saquon Barkley. It's clearly not the preference, but the increased salary cap changes philosophy and how you attack things. Very interesting, as Barkley has said he wants to remain a giant. All right, coming up, we'll hear from Falcons head coach Raheem Morris on their current quarterback situation. You don't want to miss why somebody here says the first order of business should be getting Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins to the ATL.
James Harris was the first African-American quarterback to begin an NFL season as a starter. In 1969, he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills and was seventh on the depth chart to open training camp. But by the beginning of that season, he was named the starter and in 1974 was selected to the Pro Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons have the eighth overall pick in the draft and 33.5 million in cap space this offseason, 15th in the NFL. Their notable free agents include Jeff Okuda and Cordero Patterson. But the big story for Atlanta, what the heck are they going to do at quarterback? Kimberly Martin caught up with Raheem Morris today on just that subject. First order of business figure out the quarterback situation. So for you, when, when you think about the person that you want to lead this franchise, what are the traits, the qualities that are non-negotiables you need to have? You know, obviously he has to fit our Falcon ethos. Um, and our Falcon ethos with our leadership, with our people, with our behavior, with how we are, how we act, and all of those things. The next thing is he's got to be a great communicator. Um, in order to communicate, he has to be a great communicator with his teammates, with his coaches, from player to player, from coach to coach, um, from our front office to us, to everything that has to go on involved with it, right? And when you get those things that are non-negotiables and you fit in your Falcon ethos, you get the right people. When you get the right person, you get the right chance to go out there and lead your franchise. And when you get the right person to lead your franchise, who, and who knows what can happen from there? And that's where it starts. You know, let's find out the right people to work with. Let's get him the right people to work with him. And let's go to work and find a way to get that guy. You know, all types of avenues, which we'll talk about. We'll bring up a bunch of different scenarios and we'll, we'll explore them all. Explore them all. One of those scenarios is stay where you at in the draft order. Can you stay there and get everything, check all those boxes at that spot? You know, you don't know because this could be draft. You know, you're talking about free agency. You're talking about via trade. You got all the different options, right? And all of those things happen and those talks are starting to go on now as we're at the combine. Whether you're talking about with agents or you're talking about with scouts and all the things that people do. And now you got to figure out where guys want to go, how they go about their business. So all of those things will be explored. So I'm not going to tell you that I couldn't stay at eight. You just don't know what's going to happen before then. I'm not going to tell you that we won't move around. You just don't know what's going to happen before there. But I do know that I got a lot of trust in the people that are exploring all the options to find us a way to get a franchise quarterback and get that person to Bennett to help us do long-term winning. All right, thanks to Kimberly Martin there. So we have this team that has years of stability under Matt Ryan, and then they haven't been able to find their franchise quarterback since. Herm, you know Raheem from your days in Tampa. How do you think he is handling this situation? Oh, I think he's handled it uh, professionally. Uh, you can tell by his answer. He's been, uh, he's, he's talking to Rich McKay and, and those people that are involved in this. Uh, you know, Raheem has been around now. I mean, he was in Tampa, obviously. Uh, he was with the Rams. So he's seen good quarterback play. Uh, he, he watches, you know, Stafford. And, and that's why he's saying he's got to get the right guy. Look, he understands this, knowing Raheem. Uh, they've got an excellent runner. They have an excellent tight end. They have a big-time receiver. Now what they've got to do is get a quarterback that's comparable. It doesn't have to doesn't have to lead the team so much, but has to do the right things at the quarterback position. So he has the pieces uh, in place as far as other uh, players. He just needs to figure out who is going to be this quarterback. Is it in the draft? Is it free agency? Uh, I do know this. There will be competition at that position, uh, hmm. and they're a team that's three and three in their division. Nine wins won the division. So if they can just get two more wins, they're right into a hunt to win this division. 
Right, so much potential there with what they already have in place. Let's go down a couple of the roads that Raheem referenced as well. So, Tim, uh, free agents, trade possibilities, who do you think the Falcons should be pursuing in that regard? Well, I think they should be interested in all of them, uh, you know, trade or free agency, whatever that may be. Look, Justin Fields is going to be linked there for obvious reasons. Uh, when you look at the talent that's there, and you look at the fact that, uh, look, he's a young player that could – that has a high ceiling that could be available for a relatively low price because of the unique situation. But then you also like just think about what coach said. They've got a runner. They've got a tight end. They've got a big time receiver. They don't need somebody to, to come in and, and, and create offense. They just need a good decision maker and a good leader. Huh? It sounds like that could be Kirk Cousins. That might be a pretty good fit there, uh, you know, as well. And he's such a proven commodity. So, Look, I think there are a lot of avenues, and I think they should be interested in them all and pursue them all because uh, you may not win out on the field sweepstakes or uh, you might not win out in terms of getting Kirk Cousins. Wow, Cousins would be just a huge swing uh, by Arthur Blank. He's certainly capable of it. But, Matt, what are their options in the draft? Yeah, and I think this is where the J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback from Michigan, this is where the conversation starts about McCarthy, who will be the top-ranked quarterback actually throwing at the Combine this week. So it's a huge opportunity for him to win over teams like the Atlanta Falcons. We expect the big three will be gone by this point in the draft. But McCarthy is that player that could be a distributor. We saw it at Michigan where, no, he wasn't asked to throw the ball as much as a Caleb Williams or a Jaden Daniels. But when he was asked to throw, he's a smart football player. He takes what the defense will give him, and he will make you pay with his legs when you get caught sleeping. So he is a little bit of that dual threat package that they're looking for. But if I'm the Falcons, I think you have to first look at a Kirk Cousins who has some connections to the Atlanta area. You have to look at a Justin Fields who started his football career at the University of Georgia, but also this week get to know J.J. McCarthy mm -hmm. and also, you know, get to know the top three quarterbacks in this draft just in case one does start to slide down the board. Maybe you can talk to the New England Patriots about getting to number three overall, but with the board where it is right now without factoring in trades, this is, I think, the, the start, really, of where J.J. McCarthy can land between picks eight and pick 14 is where I'm hearing he's expected to go. So Atlanta very much in play for McCarthy, given his 26-1 and record at Michigan. That's what Coach was right. talking about. Someone who can come in and distribute and win, he can do a ton of that. I tell you what, I was at the Rose Bowl and saw him in that game, and boy, he had a couple of big-time NFL throws. And you were like, if he's capable of that, who knows? Very, very interesting prospect. All right, Matt, speaking of, uh, Matt has released his top 50 prospects in this year's draft. He has comps for all 50, which is really fun. So no surprise, Caleb Williams is ranked first, whom he comps to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, then the top wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors. Roma Dunze, he's got Jaden Daniels ranked fifth with a Lamar Jackson comp, Drake May ranked sixth with a Justin Herbert comp. So let's deep a little deeper into those rankings, Matt. Give me three players that we aren't talking about right now, but that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, Hannah, here's a player that we are not talking about enough right now, but we will be after the scouting combine. Byron Murphy, a defensive tackle from Texas at six foot one. 300 pounds. He is expected to put on an absolute show here. I compared him to Justin Matabuke, who had a great breakout year for the Baltimore Ravens. Murphy's going to move inside and play as more of a three technique in the NFL after playing as a five technique. 
head up on the offensive tackle for Texas. But his first step quickness is fantastic. His power, the raw strength that he brings to the field is something I know teams are very excited about. So a big workout this week. We can be talking about Murphy as the top defender off the board. In its rake straw, someone who's been slept on a little bit coming out of Missouri. He wasn't able to participate in the senior bowl because of a core muscle surgery. He'll be working out here in Indy. I expect him to, to do very well. He's a top 20 player on my board. Compares very favorably to Tredavious White. He's feisty and physical at the line of scrimmage. Great in press coverage. Here's my favorite stat. LSU threw at him one time last year. He didn't let them complete a pass. They never went his way again. That prolific LSU offense stayed away from Rakestraw. So we know he is a talented player. Speaking of LSU, their other wide receiver, Brian Thomas, who happened to lead the nation with 17 touchdown catches last year. He is someone that can stretch the field vertically. He can beat you over the top. I compared him to T. Higgins, but here's the thing. I think he's actually faster than T. was coming out of college. There could be some 4-3 ability here. The former basketball player, he's someone in the top 20 once we get past those big three receivers. I think a lot of teams are going to fall in love with Brian Thomas Jr. this week. I know I have watching the tape, so I think general managers are going to do the same because he's an electric vertical threat. Just another great LSU receiver uh, who led FBS with 17 receiving touchdowns in 2023. Thanks, Matt. Up next, to work in that salary cap. That has been consistent for Stephen Jones and the Cowboys. They need to do that. And why Tim thinks improving the line of scrimmage will go a long way to helping Dallas, well, just get a little further in the playoffs. The F1 season starts Saturday morning with the Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix at the International Circuit on ESPN and the app as Max Verstappen so incredibly dominant. Beginning his quest for a fourth straight Drivers Championship, Grand Prix Sunday begins our pre-race coverage at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And now to those Cowboys. Boy, do they have some work to do especially clearing close to $10 million to get under that salary cap. Dak Prescott's cap hit for 2024, $59.5 million, set to be the second highest cap hit in the NFL behind only Deshaun Watson. Tony Pollard, Tyron Smith, Stephon Gilmore, all set to be free agents. Here's Stephen Jones on the challenges of paying everybody. Well, we got ways to adjust his cap number for this year. So, I mean... We are, you know, obviously between Dak and between Micah and CD, it's, you know, the salary cap's real for us, uh, you know, with those three guys, you know, in a situation where we want to, you know, do deals with all three of them. So, you know, uh, do you get to do everything you want to do with the salary cap? I don't think any team does. But, uh, you know, we're certainly going to be able to, uh, you know, go out and go to work and, and, and get the things done that we feel like we need to get done to be successful. I've never known Jerry not to be all in in any given year, but uh, we've got a great, I think, a great team put together. You know, the last three years, uh, won a lot of football games, I think uh, 36. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, where we have to improve is the postseason. Yeah, well, that's the understatement of the year. Uh, as we're back with Herm and Tim, <laughs> Cowboys coming off a playoff disaster. Let's face it, just another one and all the talk about a culture change, et cetera, et cetera. Tim, what can they do in terms of personnel at this point? Well, I think the big thing is you do need to get bigger in your front. Like, they had the ball run down their throat a few times this year, and I think part of it was just their personnel. They're a light uh, defensively, an inside backer, uh, and certainly a defensive tackle. 
And I think the other aspect of it is you need to get younger at the offensive line. So younger on the offensive line because you're, you're getting pretty old at a few spots and then address the running back situation. Uh, they were small at running back. They now are in a situation where, you know, they're obviously going to uh, let Pollard hit free agency. And so with that, you need to kind of respond by adding a, a back that's ready to play and most likely a bigger back. Yeah, Tim makes great points on what they should do in the draft and free agency, but I think it's bigger than that. It comes down to their star players. Uh, and what I mean is this. Look, this team obviously has uh, enough potential and enough talent to win the division again. Uh, they've got to find a way to get two playoff games at home, have the best record in football, play two playoff games at home, and start winning playoff games. That's going to be the key. Jones already said it. He said, we got to do better in the playoffs. You know who needs to do better? Their stars. Their star players have to play well in playoff competition. That's the bottom line for this organization. They know it, but they got to talk about it now. Mike McCarthy has to talk about it. Coach Zimmer has to talk about it on defense. Their star players need to show up in the big moments in playoff competition, period, and win. Let's not end on the Cowboys, guys. Let's do this. Let's go to the Raiders for a second. <laughs> Time for one more thing. Oh, Here's Raiders. the Raiders GM Tim Telesco on ride receiver Devontae Adams today. Listen up. Uh, he's a Raider. Here you go. Plain and simple, guys. I love it. Herm? Hi, Al. He's a Raider. <laughs> Come on. He's a Raider. Right, yeah, I can see you on the monitor. I love your hair. <laughs> we'll cover the combine more tomorrow. Thanks.